And now with Stealing Signs, we help you dominate any fantasy baseball league by giving you the information your opponents don't want you to have. So sharpen your pencils, get ready to take some notes, and let's get going. Okay, man. Well, um, interesting show tonight. So we've got the, we're talking about, I didn't expect you to say yes to everything. So I hope you're prepared with your Sesame Street character because we would definitely want to get into that. Oh, I know who your favorite Sesame Street character is. Oh my I God. Thought, okay. Well, yep. yes, I no, I was just joking and, and I, it must've been, you know, must've been a subconscious thing for me because I know who it is. So when we will, we will talk about your favorite uh, your favorite Sesame Street character, and I remember I've yes. seen photographic evidence of it, oh, and then yes. I'll share with you and the audience who my favorite Sesame Street character is. All right? Okay. So, Justin, big news, big news, Major League Baseball, good to see you drinking, Major League Baseball has voluntarily said, hey, we're going to recognize ML, uh, was it ML, the uh, MLBPA as representatives not only for active major league baseball players but also minor league baseball players and a, a lot of us who've been around baseball for a long time or watched baseball or done any kind of scratching below the surface in minor league baseball what we know is that these players it it is a rough life it is a rough life i mean on average uh in a major league a, a minor league baseball player will receive do you know what their pay their pay is it's pretty crazy um is that prior to this new uh, prior agreement? to that, well yeah because the negotiations haven't been complete yet they just said okay we're going to we're going to recognize this because more than half of the major league or minor league baseball players have signed it but players in rookie ball are guaranteed only four hundred dollars a week single a five hundred double a six hundred triple a seven hundred dollars so yeah, that's now, like independent baseball type of type of salaries. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Y- you would have to live off that. You would have to eat off that. You, you mean you, you know you're not coming into these lavish spreads in the you know Topeka Crawdads. Uh, I don't. That's not even a real team. But the the you know into these minor league. Unless you're probably the Savannah Bananas, they probably have a pretty good spread. But other yeah. than that. Uh, you know, I mean, to think about this, and and you start to think about what could this mean for minor league players. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because I have some thoughts, and I I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on you know what you think about this and how specifically do you think this is going to impact the play of minor league baseball players and the development of minor league baseball players. And you know, there's probably some positives and probably some negatives, but. Well, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think that uh, it, it is over, well overdue. Um, I mean, the, that kind of money, I think a lot of people expect these pro ball players, you know, with, if they're with affiliated balls, and everybody's making a ton of money, everybody's famous, all that jazz, and that, that is, it's simply not the case. I mean, you mentioned uh, some of those, I'll say meager salaries i mean you get down to some of those lower lower levels i mean they have host families mm-hmm. you know 
um, mm-hmm. some strangers that are letting them uh, stay in the guest room and um, they're picking up the tab on uh, pretty much all of their all of their food and and that sort of thing. And it's almost as if these host families are, are hoping to strike it rich as well. Maybe <laughs> like, hey, right? It's a lottery ticket. Yeah, it's like don't forget about me. But um, yeah, so I think that uh, that kind of stuff it, it's going to allow the minor leaguers to maybe have a little bit more confidence, maybe there or uh, be able to come into the come into the batter's box with um, maybe a little bit more sense of independence what kind of um what kind of a uh, hard impact is is that going to have on, on them so i i mean there's been a lot of positive developments for the minor leaguers you know i mean i i went on about minor league contraction not being a, a positive thing but you know did it impact uh the um the workout facilities the the quality of the locker room and, and uh facilities that, that they're working in Probably so. I don't know. Uh, not a big fan of Manfred, which I may or may not have to chip in every single show. But uh, I guess for the for the minor leaguers, uh, there could be some some good things for for them. I have a good trivia question for you tonight on uh, Major League Baseball commissioners because I knew you were going to stick it to the Manfred, and uh, I <laughs> I love I, that. Uh, that. So I did. That might be yes. title of the show. You think so? Stick it to the Manfred? Maybe you got a T-shirt Maybe we'll with see that how it evolves. Oh yes! <laughs> now we're thinking. So uh, here's my you know my take on it is in a in a macro sense, broader sense, right? We're probably going to have fewer minor league players. That 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 is the first thought, right? Because obviously the largest cost of any operation, any business operation, is typically going to be unless you're NCAA football. Uh, typically going to and and NCAA basketball. Typically, it's going to be your your uh, labor uh, labor costs, right? Yep. Um, although some of that's being you know taken care of with some of these licensing deals and things like that. However, uh, the the colleges and universities aren't paying for the for the uh, mm-hmm. for the labor. And the same thing with Major League Baseball. I mean, they're getting like dirt cheap talent, uh, or they're getting talent for dirt cheap prices. And when you think about it, you, you almost when you game it out, the players that get the big bonuses, they can afford a place to live. They can afford quality food to eat. I mean, these guys are athletes. They're playing every day in really tough conditions. And the, you know, the, the, the million dollar bonus babies, right? The, the ones that can, can, you know, are getting those big checks. They're able to pay for that. Maybe they're able to pay for a good gym membership for a personal trainer. They're able to get more out of their body, and in that case, they're able to kind of almost, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, whereas I think what we might see now is maybe there are players that, are, that, are, that come in that are lower drafted, that are coming in on lower original bonuses, or maybe just they, maybe they got $50,000 to sign a minor yeah. league deal. Like a seven-year deal. <laughs> seven-year deal, right? But, but may be able to have somewhat of a sustainable you know uh, live above a subsistence wage so that they can actually you know do these things to keep their bodies in shape think about when you said stepping up the plate what i was thinking about is 
Uh, well, a couple of things. What I was thinking about, if, if I was a host family, first of all, uh, I'd probably be making sure if it was my lottery ticket, I might be sticking a needle in their ass. You know what I mean? Like, hey, come on, let's let's pump some anabolics in there. Let's make it happen. You know? <laughs> right. Justin, yeah. you're looking a little too thin. Uh, you know, those singles, we're going to turn those singles into doubles. Let's uh, let's make it happen here. Rub yeah. this cream on your biceps and, and you'll uh, you'll be all right. But, you know, feeding feeding the players and really making sure they're nourished, well-nourished, well-hydrated. I mean, these are athletes. This is their means of production, right, is their body. And so I'm very interested to see what happens when players start to earn a little more and they're able to invest a little more in their own body. And I think we might see some of these players that maybe mature a little later that uh, might, you know, might not have been able to eat as well or lift or train appropriately start to come up and we might see more surprises than what we have in the last, you know, the last few decades where, you know, we expect this kid to be great. He's going to be great. And when someone really surprises us, it really surprises us. So those are just some of my thoughts on, you know, what this might mean for those of us that like to watch the prospects. Yeah. You may be uh, reading less of that line, projectable frame. (laughs) Right, 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 because it's actually filling out, right? (laughs) That's right, yeah. Yeah, this was interesting, and I wonder, you know, uh, why the push? And it was very interesting for me, too, that the Major League Baseball Players Association actually moved to include the minor leaguers. This last deal that they signed, there were some things that were positive for the minor leaguers. but now. When you think about it, uh, it's at times minor league baseball and major league baseball players could be at odds on certain things, right? So major leaguers, once you're in the major leagues, you don't want these punks coming and taking any of your any of your money. But now, when you when you look at it, they're they're being represented by the same group. So I thought that was interesting as well that that the the MLBPA thought that this made sense that the minor league players actually. In a sense, we're going to vote that way, and Major League Baseball then just said, "Okay, you know, we're, we're, we'll do this. We're going to recognize you." So interesting stuff happening. Uh, this is a game that's definitely much a lot in flux happening right now. So now, do you think, uh, yeah, with all of that, do you think we're going to be seeing younger players getting brought up? I mean, some of these kids are already young as it is. I mean. You know, it's not completely um, uh, unfathomable to see a 20-year-old get brought up, what would you say, every other year? Maybe every three years you see a 19-year-old get brought up? You know, do you think that uh, you might be seeing another, what, was Griffey 18 when he got brought up? Yes. Um, Was, uh, who are some other 18-year-old, maybe Felix Hernandez? I know he was very young when he when he made a debut. Do you think you might be seeing maybe an eighteen year old? Wow. Okay. Juan Soto. Of, co- of course he was. Um, yeah. You think you might be seeing that every three years, every five years, an eighteen year old? I think we're going to see more and more of it. I, I, you know, to me it seems like whether it's the tournament circuit, whether it's the the training facilities that are ha- that they have in the Caribbean. Uh, you know, th- these kids are coming up, and although they can't mature their bodies faster, it seems like their ability to play 
is far better. Uh, and they're seeing, I think they're playing yeah. against better competition. I think, you know, the, the real challenges we're seeing are some of these players coming out of Cuba that are limited in what they're able to do. But man, look at some of these kids in the, in the, uh, the mid minors and the high minors right now, 18, 19 years old and what they're doing against quality stuff. So I, I, and I think what, what's happening is baseball. Major League Baseball is understanding that there's value in these kids, and they're going to have to pay. They know they're going to have to pay, and how they go about it and what their strategy is 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 interesting. If we see more players taking, you know, long term deals, younger, selling out some of their years of free agency, we see more and more of this happening. You know, the the the, yes. the, the Rays. I must said the Devil Rays. The Devil Rays. Now I got a little touch of the Justin right there. Like I, I wanted to go back in time, not to the 1890s, but to the 1990s. Uh, so, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I just, I think the game itself is getting younger. It's going to get younger, and it's going to be interesting to see where these older players end up being. So we know now we have a DH. You love that. I know you love the DH. We have the DH, right? So we've got people like an Albert Pujols who are able to play DH. And extend I gotta his, love that his... three away, three wow. away from seven hundred. Got a big wow. one. Wow! Did he hit one passed, today? Passed up a rod. He's at six ninety seven, buddy. Yes, yes. Well, fuck a rod. I mean, that's awesome. I'm so glad. I never heard I'm of so him. Glad. Really, never heard of the guy. <laughs> yeah, six ninety seven. Uh, and and Pools, he's on the other end, right? How old is he supposed to be, and how old is he actually, right? I mean, he's. I uh, believe. Believe. Uh, 41 is that how old they say he is he's yeah so he's uh is it 41 i thought it was 41 42 but he's probably like 46 right in that then you didn't we say that um i think he's like three years older Gosh, wait you're saying so- that uh quite like with confidence as if you know something <laughs> so get this this is um I don't remember all of the details. Uh, so, what was it? I was in college. This was, I don't know, maybe a sophomore, junior. We're probably talking, probably like uh, 2003, 2004. It's like the era. You know, Pools mm-hmm. was like super stud at this point. I'm at this party talking to somebody there um, about baseball and, uh, this guy was like, hey, yeah, because I went to college just outside of Kansas City, all right, right. Uh, about 50 miles east. And um, you know, he went to Maplewoods Community College right around that area. And mm-hmm. so I'm at this party talking to this guy who was at another community college around that area. And uh, he played baseball, and he played against Maplewoods. And Pujols was a shortstop on the, <laughs> uh, on the opposing team. And um, on the roster, uh, said that Pujols was 19 years old. <laughs> now, uh, he said, this guy I was talking to, um, he said that his uh, head coach was going to the umpires, just raising a fit, saying, this kid over there on the opposing team taking grounders, warming up, look at him. Are you seriously telling me he is 19 years old? His community college, his, his coach is like, they're, they're playing with the system, like really, like he, he cannot play, you know. And uh, 
Anyway, so this kid's telling me, like, yeah, we, we all knew playing against him in community college, all of the opposing teams, we knew that kid was not 19. You know, and then it just kind of... The legend continues, you know, after he was drafted, and even in St. Louis, like, people uh, among the city running into him, and, yeah, I mean, it was it was always just kind of um, not proven, but known. He was probably about three years older than what he said. You know, and they, Got it. again, that, w- that was just a Missouri thing. Like, we all just kind of tongue-in-cheek knew it. Well, I guess the Dominican Republic, you know, birth certificates maybe aren't as, uh, you know, yeah. as locked down as they are in the United States. But yeah, he is 42 years old, 42, all almost right. 43 years old. So that would make him, what, uh, 45, almost 46, which is what we were yeah. saying. Yeah. Hanging yeah. out with Wander Franco or Julio love Franco. It. Julio Franco. They're, they're, it was yeah, weird. No. I heard that that guy was close to the 50 by the time he hung it up. He was still. You're still doing it, though. Amen. Justin, there's still time for you to be a Major League Baseball player. Still live out my dreams. You can yes. still live out your dreams, yes. Make a that decent exactly salary it. this time? That's why I didn't go forth with it, because I would have been that 400-a-week type of player. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. So you went and worked at the supermarket for $500 a week and slung deli meats over the counter, That's right. right. Yeah, I kind of emerged between like the, uh, the Pujols and the, um, the Kurt Warner story. You know, like this is things are all coming together after you mentioned that you uh, work in the supermarket type of, <laughs> type of comp. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But boy, you know, you could slice that bologna faster like than anybody no else. Other. Like, like no, no other. other. Like no other. So uh, before we get on to any other subjects, I did. We, we did talk about Manfred and your your uh, absolute just disgust with him. So. <laughs> I want you to answer yeah. this question, and you know you can okay. you can kick it to the end of the show. That's fine. Or I always say that to you, and you mm. don't care. You just drop into trivia mode, and as if like the the bar championship relies on you answering right away. So I'm just I'm not going to put those I'm not going to put those chains on you right now. But you can also you can say, hey, pause. We'll go back at the end of the show. Now, Justin, can you name three baseball commissioners who served for fewer than four years? Let's see. Um, I will say, how long was Giamatti around? Um, I'll throw him in there. Um, there was a so part Giamatti. That is correct. Was, That's one of the three. There was a there was a Brown. I can't remember his first name. Um, I'm going to throw him in there just because I can't name a whole lot of them. Um, and I cannot think of a third Did I one. find a strange that, corner of trivia that I, that could stump the pseudo scout? The, yeah. Oh commissioner, my gosh. Commissioner names. I know C-League, uh, he, C-League, he, he was around for quite a while. Um, okay. So yeah, sounds like I'm so only we'll come able back to, to this. name. So sounds Bart like Giamatti was correct. Okay. Bart Giamatti. Cool. Yep. He was, he was, uh, he was, he, he was correct. And there's a bonus. There's a bonus one. What commissioner, what Major League Baseball commissioner served for exactly four years? So if you're listening along in the car, I know our friend Joe is listening uh, in his truck, 
as you talked, I saw him this weekend. He he loves our show. So, Joe, I know you're listening to this. I know you talk about the trivia. So here you go, Joe. Maybe you are able to answer something that the pseudo scout is really struggling with. But just because I know you got up from a nap and you just started drinking again. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's any of the hard stuff in here yet. Give me a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah. Hello, uh, listeners. Undergrad, uh, speaking of undergrad, that was a long time ago. That's right. <laughs> Listen, he got up from a nap and he poured himself a screwdriver. So don't, don't, that's you know. Right. The, the, that's right. He's slamming it. So here's a bonus for you. Take, you can take another sip of your drink. What slugger's name is composed of four body parts? Hmm. Oh, man. So that's another one. We can move that back to the end. Yeah. We can move that back to the end. Are they active? They are not active. Yeah, I'll be thinking about that one. Four body parts. Okay. Four body parts. Okay. That's a fun one. I almost feel like there's a punchline to this. There, it's a little bit of a punchline. But uh, again, maybe you'll have uh, sauced it up a little more by the end of the show, and it'll just come to you much easier. You might be overthinking it, so it's a bit of a it's a, vi- a bit of a punny answer. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, is 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 Pujols? Are, are we calling that one? Well, what would uh, what would Pujols? Well, that be? is the body part. Pujols. Ah, uh, okay. No, it's four body parts. Four body parts. <laughs> okay, so uh, Major League Baseball and your favorite commissioner. Yes. Uh, they've decided in 2023 they're going to change some rules. So we're adding a pitch clock to Major League Baseball games. The shift has now been changed. So they're they're, they're eliminating some of the more extreme shifts, and then. One that's really interesting, they're making the bases larger. So what do you yeah. think about this? What, how, um, my, my conservative friend who drives a Model T uh, to the horse post that's right. down the road in Tucson, Arizona. Now we're going to have a pitch clock. We're going to have rules on what we can do from a shift perspective. And now we have 18-inch square bases versus 15 inches. You know what? First of all, with the shift, I don't see anything wrong with it. You know, if you don't like the, if you don't like the shift, then bunt. bunt. Bunt it down the third baseline. Really, that's it. If, uh, if you keep doing that, are they going to continue to put the shift on you? Probably not. Make adjustments. We've continued to go on. Like Eddie Murray has once said that baseball needs to be renamed to adjustments because that's what the entire game is. So, oh. is that true? You know, is that a dr- I correct. love that. Yes. Okay. And so now you're eliminating the need for them to make some adjustments. So I don't know. I don't have a problem with the shift. I have a problem with people not adjusting. Um, and so that's that's my thought about it. Um, Did they shift in the 1910s and 1920s? I mean, honest question. Uh, I'm not making fun of your your uh, field yeah, of dreams. Yeah, you know, I mean, was it uh, there was a shift for Ted Williams? You know, I mean, there a bunch of these guys had to face it. Yeah, you know, 
so yeah, um, th- there were there were those shifts. Um, as far as uh, expanding the size of the base, I understand. Look, I, I love the stolen base. It, it's kind of a lost art, um, mm-hmm. you know. And so, I, I would like to see more of it, but I don't know how big of an impact it's going to have in um, the quantity of stolen bases because threat of injury is the big reason why a lot of teams and players don't don't like to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I, just because you make it larger um that's not going to eliminate jammed fingers broken fingers you know uh, people getting stepped on it's uh it i don't think that uh expanding it is going to have the big positive impact that uh baseball is hoping to see mm-hmm. um you know and even with the pitch clock <laughs> i mean let's see what is that really going to do? I mean, how many quantity of pitches throughout a game? What are we looking at? You know, just say um, 250 pitches in a game, give or take. Um, you're maybe shaving off two seconds off of that. You know, so now we're, you know, maybe looking at shaving off, I don't know. Five, uh, 500 seconds, you know, we're looking at maybe like t- 12 minutes off of a, off of a three hour baseball game. I, so they've, yeah, they've been tinkering. Th- um, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I don't think that it's going to have this massive impact that I think baseball is wanting to get, which seems like Manfred is wanting a baseball game to be less than two hours long or less than two and a half hours long. I, I mean, are baseball games really that much longer than football, um, hockey, and basketball? I, I mean, I kind of view a, a pro uh, sports game out of the big four to be three hours long. It's just kind of like a universal thing. I mean, give or take, what, 15 minutes? I, I just don't think any of these time-saving um, rule changes are going to really get the desired effect. That's what I think, and really that is why I'm so like strongly against it. I feel like uh, these, these changes are having a bigger impact in the like, credibility of the game. Um, <laughs> is, uh, is my bar- dog, Frank, over here is barking like crazy. I don't, I don't yeah, think Frank that, does not uh, like the pitch clock. He does not like the pitch clock at all, no, clearly. No, we are... We are birds of birds of a feather here, me, me and Frank. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, there, these rule changes are having a negative impact in um, what the game has always been, and the end goal is not going to be achieved to where we're really just having negative impacts on it. You know, with with no positive. It, that's, well, then you're going to love this my perspective. So, and I know I, I, I woke you up from a nap and you still haven't had your full drink yet, but uh, you're, you're not going <laughs> to like right. this. So, the, so um, it is literally set to cut down downtime, downtime. And actually, they've been tinkering with this in the minor leagues for quite a while, uh, several, several seasons. Yeah. Uh, and so, the, but they did hit on one 
recently, and this is the one that this is the rule they're taking to the major leagues. So it is a uh, uh, the rule changes. I'm reading this right off uh, CBS's uh, website. According to the rule changes, the clock will be 30 seconds between hitters. The catcher must be in his box and ready uh, with nine seconds left on the timer while the hitter has to have both feet in the box and be alert to the pitcher within eight seconds of the clock starting. So here's the part you're going to freaking hate. Wow. So it's like, uh, it's like there are many time clocks within the time clock. There, there are many time clocks within the time clock. Pitchers can still step off the rubber, which would reset the clock to 20 seconds if there's a base runner and 15 seconds if there isn't. They're only permitted, however, to do this twice per batter. According to the Major League Baseball, similar changes in the minors reduced the average game time by 26 minutes. And, Justin, I kind of set you up for this, again, knowing you're a little tired and you haven't had your drink yet. (laughs) 26 minutes and coincided with an increase in stolen base attempts and stolen base success. Hmm. Now, so uh, the reason is, is that a pitcher stepping off the rubber to throw to, to hold a, a, a runner, that counts as one. So if they step off twice and try to pick off the runner, that counts as two. If they do it a third time, it is a balk and the runner advances. Wow. A balk. Okay. So it's... Yeah, so it's 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 actually moving the scales back in favor of the runner being able to take maybe just a little bit extra, uh, a little bit of an extra lead. And again, if they tried two pickoff attempts, they know for a fact that pitcher is not going to yeah. throw to first base. So what happens was we saw the uh, attempts to hold the the runner closer to the base went down, and stolen base success went up. So. I don't know if you're going to now become a Manfred fan, but uh, it's interesting. I, I find that to be very, very interesting. But 26 minutes, uh, and I'll still keep that around three hours, so it does meet your criteria of a three-hour game. I just There's something about seeing a digital clock in a baseball game that just doesn't seem right. It seems, yeah. it seems like an anachronism to me. Like, it just... And I think maybe that might be kind of what's kind of getting under your skin, too. Yeah. I mean, one of the fun things about baseball is it can go on for infinity. You know, there is no time. Right. You know, right. it can go on perpetually, the same game. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it almost kind of just takes away. Obviously, I'm like, uh, like an old guy with all of this. It almost just kind of like takes away some of the... Uh, historical romanticism uh, away from it, I guess. I, I think I, I'm just wanting to preserve all of that. Damn it. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, uh, I'm telling you, they'd still be wearing wool uniforms, right? You're uh, right. Home whites and away grays. Yep. In the middle of summer nope. in Phoenix, Arizona, with the roof in open. Phoenix, Arizona. What is this, <laughs> what is this air no conditioning roofs? bullshit? No. Yeah. It's clear skies and sunny every single day out here. That's right. Ty Cobb didn't have air conditioning, for Christ's sake. Damn right he didn't. <laughs> yeah, everybody would be Ty Cobb for me. Uh, no we could call it, this Tim and the Grumpy Old Man. Get off my lawn! That's right. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, interesting. And then, uh, I, I know you'd love this, one of the reasons they're going to larger bases 
is again, it's easier for the runner to be able to catch the base, right? So that does mm-hmm. cut down maybe on some of the uh, the potential injury risk, uh, at least you know by a little bit. But also, players' feet are bigger than they were a hundred years ago. What does all of this mean? More Aaron judges? Would Aaron Judge have been able to play back then? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. He might have got hit a lot. Who knows? He might have got a broken jaw. We have no idea what that would be like. O'Neill Cruz? Yeah. That guy would he be a, a shortstop back in back in my day? You know, mm-hmm. for playing for the Philadelphia A's? He, he probably would. He would have been part of that one hundred thousand dollar infield. Back in the uh, 1910s. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So we teased this a little at the beginning, but you actually do have... So, uh, listeners, I I sent uh, kind of a snarky text to Justin, trying to get him to tell me some some things he wants to talk about on this show. And uh, what I sent him included things like, you know, what we just talked about, unionization, rule changes... And then I said, uh, favorite Sesame Street character, uh, favorite uh, best 70s rock percussionist. And uh, he just sent me a a quick note back. Yes to all of the above. So, Justin, I completely forgot that Big Bird is your favorite Sesame Street character, that there's photographic evidence of you and Big Bird in a loving embrace uh, that we've all (laughs) seen. That's right. Big Bird and I go back a couple years now. Yeah, it's a big deal. So, um, uh, how do I tell it? Um, so, I, I I work do accounting for a. Um, I'll refer to it as a pretty big um, venue in Tucson, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, you know we get some live shows coming through. One of them was uh, Sesame Street Live, and I uh, when I saw that, I'm um, still rather new. You know, working over there, and um, you know, I was really, really picking my battles. You know, we get uh, some some big bands coming through, um, mm-hmm. comedians, all that stuff, and you know, get a chance to meet some of them if uh, if I want. And when Sesame Street Live came through, I was like, you know what? Uh, when I ask the marketing director, you know, if I can meet a global um, a global celebrity, you know, who's been on the map for decades. And uh, when I told her that I was very serious about it, <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a, a very, very nice um, interaction. She was like, all right, I, uh, I, I spoke with the promoter, said, uh, go ahead and uh, go into the theater um, at uh, 5 p.m. because the show is going to be starting at like 6.30 or so. And um, Let's go out there and they'll, they'll meet you. So I go in there. <laughs> no, no one is in the seats. Walk up there on uh, stage and um, someone took my phone. You know, someone that uh, was with Sesame Street Live and, um, you know, took a bunch of photos and uh, videos. And here comes uh, about eight foot, maybe even nine. I don't even know how tall guy guy was. <laughs> the- comes around the corner and, and embraces me. Actually, he's probably closer to like twelve. 
<laughs> big bird. It was big. Yeah, and yeah. You were. Yeah, you came up it, to the uh, to the chicken breast. Uh, actually, when uh, on that picture, yes, that's yeah, and a uh, real deal. You know, got got to meet like the the real one, and um, it, it was it was really really neat. I mean, this was some. It, everyone knows who this is. You know, globally, yes. everyone yes. knows who Big Bird is. And um, 50, it, it 53 was, years on television. Fifty three years. Yes, you know, never aged. Still looks great. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, yeah, I mean, even past that, I mean, I just grew up on uh, Jim Henson, you know, and so uh, just a big fan of his, um, you know, whether it's Muppets or, uh, you know, the Sesame Street crew, um, you know, the big bird character himself is almost like Jim Henson person, like, you know, kind of put into you, uh, Muppet form. Can you talk? Can you talk like Big Bird? Oh, man. Big Bird imitation? I have not. Um, is it Carol Shelby? I believe is. Um, yeah, I, I'm almost. Of course, positive you would know who it was. Yeah, that, that's who. That's who it is. That's um, the voice. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but it, it, it was really, really neat. Um, so yeah, I, I would have to say um, the the timeless wisdom of Big Bird. That that would be my favorite Sesame Street character. It is the timeless wisdom that I have appreciated forever. Kermit has it too. Damn it. Well, listeners, so if you could see this, if you could see my friend Justin right now, the smile on his face is so yeah, genuine. Yeah, it, it, it is. Of everything that we have gone over, that, that remembering that has perked me up right now. It has. It really has. It really has. My favorite character. <laughs> this is a big one. Not not as not as well known as Big Bird, actually. You know, much much a much more of a bit character. But I grew up in the seventies. I was born in the sixties. Grew up in the seventies, watching Sesame Street. OG when it was just it was it was just a small little, you know, wasn't this worldwide phenomenon with uh, live action plays going on in Tucson, Arizona, like uh, for you, Justin. But when I was growing up in in Boston on WGBH. I would see Sesame Street and Guy Smiley. Guy Smiley. If you ever watch Sesame Street, Guy Smiley is a game show host, and he had uh, wonderful games. And I always enjoyed Guy Smiley uh, being on those uh, on that show. <laughs> that yes. is a great one. That that actually takes a Sesame Street specialist to say, "Oh my gosh, yes, I remember Guy Smiley." Yeah, that's that's a big one, man. That's a big one. Well, I, I actually I went back, you know, and I was like, "Oh fuck, we're gonna do this." All right, so uh, and and uh, you know, Count, Count von Count. I, I enjoyed Count von Count. Oscar the Grouch, great, you know. Uh, Grover, gotta love Grover. Rubber Ducky, yeah. Rubber Ducky was oh, a yeah, cool character. But Guy that, Smiley, I mean, great that you refer to him as a character, Rubber Ducky. Yeah. Oh okay. man, he's got a song, Rubber Ducky. Yes, you're he does. the one. So you know, of of our tiny little audience, we probably just lost half of it right there. It just, I, I, I think, I think uh, giving us free reign to talk about whatever we want to talk about. You know, I'm sure I don't even know if Joe is still listening at this point. Our super fan Joe, I don't even know if he's still listening. He'll tell me if he I th- was. I think he turned it up once he heard you singing a little bit. <laughs> that, that's my guess. That's my guess. This has been a show of nostalgia so far. Turning back the clock to uh, my Philadelphia A's um, $100,000 infield of uh, the 1910s. And 
talking about old old school Sesame Street here, man. This is great. <laughs> we're we're now expanding our our uh, our show's demographics here. Every everyone yeah. included. Yeah. All, all of a sudden, everyone I mean, is are, included. What exactly is this show? We are covering all bases here. Pun intended. Yes. Pun intended. There's some quick so, for you. So, you know, I guess we'll close out with uh, the, well, our, our favorite percussionist slash drummers of the 70s, who you think is the best, and then I'll give you the answers to the trivia. So, uh, you know, play along at home or in your cars if you're listening, but pseudo, who are you? You know, I'll give you your top two. Top two. Oh, man. So uh, th- this really isn't even a competition for me. In fact, I am. All right. So it's background. I think Led Zeppelin is the greatest band that ever lived. Yes, I think that they are better than the Beatles. Um, okay. Some trivia that not everybody might Hot know. Hot take by Pseudo. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Some trivia. The Beatles have sold more albums than anyone. Led Zeppelin is number two. I don't know if everybody knows that. Led Zeppelin has sold the second most albums out of anyone. I think that they are the greatest band that ever lived because you still have bands trying to mimic that sound. Um, It it was classic. Um, I think that the time that they came out, what they put out, um, it just is so incredibly impactful. I think the look of the band, I mean, like... They truly had everything. Um, mm-hmm. The rock and roll um, uh, stories uh, that, uh, that Zeppelin has, I mean, th- those are monumental. I mean, those are, I mean, were there any other rock bands that were really trash in hotel rooms um, quite like the way that they were? I mean, they had their own private jet. I mean, it was, it, it was Zeppelin. And John Bonham is, to me, people can go on about Keith Moon. He was epic. He, he definitely had that kind of like crazy rock and roll drummer thing that he may have started. Um, you know, Neil Peart from, uh, from um, That's uh, Rush. That's Neil Peart, he, yeah. He, he's epic, you know. I mean, 2112, come on, dude. Um, but, uh, man, John Bonham. I mean, as, I'm, as I now listen to Zeppelin, I mean, when I listen to Zeppelin, I listen to Bonham. I feel like that guy's going to break his drum kit. It, you know, when that, when that guy's rocking out, I mean, you listen to Communication Breakdown, just on freaking real. Um, but man, what, he, what Bonham was able to do, you know, he, I think he's just still so much better than everybody, almost to a point where I think regardless of... Um, instrument rock player is playing i i'm not joking i actually might even lean towards bonham being the greatest rock and roll musician like, whoa ever. whoa yes. well, we, like we I, may want to i'm actually okay. I'm, wow. I'm that high on bonham and look like i love me some Jimi hendrix you know all that stuff um but oh man i i'm very very high on on John Bonham, obviously. I mean, that's a that's a very bold statement that I just made. You could be very, very high, bold. saying that Bonham was the best musician, uh, rock musician ever. That's what I heard you say. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I th- I think I think the uh, the impact. Um, what do you? Y- yes. 
I, I think the whole bit, the look, the sound, the band he was with, the rock and roll impact, it, uh, all of it, all of it, it, like full spectrum. They could put the, really the way that he went, you know, like all of it. it. It's just rock and roll, you know. All right, all right. Well, you're starting to wake up. Just as the show ends, you're starting to wake up. So now. We're going to come back to the trivia. And by the way, that was pretty awesome. I totally disagree with you, but that was pretty awesome. I think that... Then uh, I, debate me here. Wait, what do you got? Actually, I just... Yeah. What, what, are, you, what are you thinking? Well, well, first of all, I mean, the greatest musician of the 70s. I mean, that, that is... A, I, I think at that point, it becomes a personal preference, right? I, I, I really do. And you did name... You know, Pert was who, was... who was... Pert was... Pert, in my opinion was could have done what John Bonham did but actually did his own thing right and he was in a trio uh and they made some incredibly intricate crazy music throughout the 70s and 80s so uh, did they sell as many albums as Led Zeppelin no maybe not and Bonham yes you know 4-4 just all over it i do think that there are times where Bonham and Moon you know, you could kind of put them side by side. Now, you went right there. You said Bonham above Moon. But really, a lot of what you said about Bonham was was pretty similar to Moon, even even to, you know, leaving, shuffling off this mortal coral early, as early as they did. But then, you know, I mean, think about this. You, you mentioned Hendrix, right? You mentioned Hendrix. Mm-hmm. I mean, Santana. Uh, there, there are just so many. We'll have to come back to this because as I start to think about it, I know you and I both love music. Uh, man, uh, we'll have to come back to this. Best, it's best. A, it's a lot to think about, and yeah, it is a I've lot. Spent to think a lot about. of time with a about a two thousand pound collection of vinyl in the living room, and uh, so yeah, I I feel like I know what I'm what I'm talking about. I mean that that's just we'll let our listeners decide. Uh, uh, yeah. We're 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 going to move on over here to uh to uh Manfred's uh Manfred's corner here, right? On uh three baseball commissioners to serve for fewer than 4 years. So Bart Giamatti's one. Faye Vincent right. is number 2. William Eckert served as commissioner <laughs> from 1965 to 1968. So this was definitely a tough one, and I'm super happy that I found a little area that I could kind of make you sweat a little. This is unusual. Now, Peter Uberoth served exactly four years, so that's an interesting interesting little uh, bit of trivia as well. Now, what slugger's name is composed of four body parts? He played for the Red Sox. It was uh, several decades ago that he played for the, the Red Sox. What slugger's name is composed of four body parts? It's Tony Armas. Tony Armas. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah there you I go, love man. that. Well, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for uh thanks for getting up and doing the show. And uh, you know, hopefully you don't go right back to bed. Uh and you've you know that that nap has refreshed you. You get into your drinking a little more and Settle in for the <laughs> evening's game. Again, yeah, you know, the, the, the Buccaneers playing tonight, so it's going to be fun here at our house. I think kickoffs already. I'm needing a big point. game out of Tom Brady right now. My team is uh, week one has not been very good um, to uh, to the max headrooms. 
the the name of my fantasy oh, football team. That's, wow, talk about a niche of a niche of a niche. Max Headroom. Yes. All right. So uh, wonderful. Well, Max Headrooms. Uh, hope they hope Tom Brady, the ageless wonder, does well. Uh, and I hope Giselle comes back. Like it sounds like their their relationships on the rocks. And you know, I'd like the Brady family to be happy and together. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going back and forth with it. I'm like, uh, do I want angry Brady? You know, he he really steps up his game well, when he's angry maybe. Brady. And so. Um, this may or may not be one of those cases. All right, I'm going to give you one additional trivia question just because I felt like I, I threw you around. And you might actually have a good one on this one. You what? might be able okay. to get this. What four players have hit a home run as a teenager and after turning 40? So you were talking about teenagers and uh, players. We were talking about pool holes, right? What four um, players have hit a home run as a teenager and after turning 40? So I'm going to say Griffey. Um, I don't know if Mel Ott played until his 40s. Um, Ruben Sierra. See one of them? All really good guesses, but no. So Ty Cobb, you know, guy from your favorite era. Rusty Staub. Okay. That's another that's another t-shirt for you, man. Love Cobb. Uh um, yeah. love me some Cobb. So Ty Cobb, Rusty Staub, Gary Sheffield. Hmm. Okay. And Alex Rodriguez, who was just passed by Pujols. Woohoo! Wow. Okay. So let's think about that. None of them are Hall of Famers. Holy crap. Wow. On that note, Justin, we're going to say goodnight. <laughs> You're kind of salty when you just wake up. You know that, right? <laughs>